Scishow Tangents is brought to you by Shopify. Hank, when you started your career as <laughs> the internet science man, was opening an online store something that you were really thinking that hard about or something you thought you'd do in a billion years? I was uh, making a shop before I was the internet science man. Oh, what? That was the first thing I did. I was that first. Wow, I got to learn my Hank history. How did that go for you? <laughs> Good. I'll, here's what I'll tell you. Like the the the... The part where we start selling a thing and you get to see the number go up is so exciting. And uh, when it's just like you uh, by yourself, you got to be careful. But luckily, (laughs) Shopify has all kinds of little tools to help you with that, to help you with increasing conversions, to help you with managing orders, with customer support, with all of the stuff. Uh, Because it's a, you know. I don't know. It feels like the industry standard. And so there are all kinds of plugins that you can use to make your Shopify work for you in particular. That's right. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from vlogging in your parents' basement to treading the boards of Carnegie Hall. Now, it was my basement. It was my (laughs) basement of my own home that I was renting. (laughs) Downstairs of. (laughs) If you say so. From your first sale to your one millionth, Shopify is here to help you grow. And they've got a proven track record, my friends. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and powers entrepreneurs in 175 countries. They have, as Hank mentioned, the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And they have award-winning customer service because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tangents, all lowercase tangents. Go to shopify.com slash tangents now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash T-A-N-G-E-N-T-S, all lowercase. Welcome to SciShow Tangents, the lightly competitive knowledge showcase starring some of the geniuses that make the YouTube series SciShow happen. This week, as always, I'm joined by Stefan Chin. Stefan, hmm. how do you like the cover of my new book? Oh, it's good. A beautifully <laughs> foolish <laughs> endeavor. It's a, the best cover I've ever seen. <laughs> Thanks. It's It'll very be out bright. July 7th, but you can pre-order it now. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. What's your tagline? It's almost wing night. And Sam Schultz is also here. Sam. Yeah? Where oh, no. can you pre-order my new book, A Beautifully I... Foolish Endeavor? I don't know. Am I going to get in trouble for not knowing? No, you just guess some places that might have it. Amazon.com? Yeah, it's there. Your local bookstore? Uh-huh. Anywhere a fine book is, is sold? That's correct. <laughs> What's your tagline? A beautifully foolish endeavor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. It's great to see you. Oh, thanks. What's your favorite book? Oh. Don't get uh, this wrong. <laughs> 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 I I feel like I'm reserving the top book spot for a beautifully foolish endeavor, which is coming out July 2020. I think we're gonna get in trouble. <laughs> what do you mean? 
mean? I don't know. We're probably fine. <laughs> yeah, if you guys have a book coming out, I'll, we can dedicate a whole intro of tangents to yours as oh well. Oh, my God. All right. What's your tagline? Water casket. And I'm Hank Green, and my tagline is, woo. <laughs> Every week here in SciShow Tangents, we get together to try to one-up, amaze, and delight each other with science facts. We're playing for glory, but we're also keeping score and awarding sandbox from week to week. We do everything we can to stay on topic, but if we go on a tangent, which we very well may, the rest of the team gets to vote on whether or not it was worth it. And if it isn't, then you have to give up a sandbuck. And now, as always, to introduce this week's topic, we have the traditional science poem. This week, it's part poem by me, part poem by someone else. So it starts out with a different person's poem, and then we segue. Yeah, this is great. Music is a lot like love. It's all a feeling. And it fills the room from the floor to the ceiling. I see miracles all around me. Stop and look around. It's all astounding. Water, fire, air, and dirt. Fucking magnets. How do they work? Thus spoke the men of the insane clown posse. They go on to say that they will not trust me. Scientists are lying. Scientists get them pissed. But I think the ICP, well, a couple points they missed. Forces are a kind of miracle, these connections we cannot see. They drive the entire universe from Beetlejuice to me. And when you send an electron down a wire, it does seem odd that fields arise, fields that never tire. I know that science has answers, but after all these years on Earth, I still sit here and ask, Sari, fucking magnets, how do they work? <laughs> oh my gosh. Cameo by Beetlejuice in there yeah. too. Beetlejuice the star. I know, yep. but come on. <laughs> I also got distracted. I was like, Beetlejuice. You said it only once, but now collectively we've said it three times. <laughs> I have a hard time with, with magnets on it. I guess I have a hard time with all forces though. Yeah. Like it just feels like gravity makes sense because I've always like I feel it all the time, but it doesn't really. Doesn't make any more sense than than magnets, but magnets. I'm just like I can't see it, and yet they're interacting. And it makes things that don't go down that you feel like should go down, like gravity. <laughs> it makes things don't go down. Yeah, <laughs> magnets Absolutely. go on the wall. Yeah, shouldn't they work. Stay there. They should go down. Yeah. I feel like that was a mini <laughs> poem from Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know how magnets work, and so I will talk and explain them. But as soon as someone asks me a question. It's going to fall apart. Okay, so I'll just be (laughs) very quiet. (laughs) So a magnet Mm -hmm. is an object Mm -hmm. or a piece of technology that we've created that gives off a magnetic field. And it applies a force on things like other magnets. So magnets can either be natural. Mm -hmm. An iron-containing compound called magnetite is a natural magnet. And this is where it gets wibbly. (laughs) (laughs) There are parts of it, Mm -hmm. like very small parts of it, that when aligned, generate a magnetic field. So like when you draw a magnetic field, you draw it as like, if it's a circle and the north pole's on the top and the south pole's on the bottom, it like comes out of the north and then goes into the south. Uh And that is how you draw a magnetic field. If those particles or electrons or or whatever physics Mm -hmm. is happening inside the rock are aligned in some direction, that is like the direction the magnetic field will mm-hmm. align mm. but if they're randomized so if it's just like a nail with randomly oriented particles then it will not be magnetic okay. is that sorry i'm gonna ask a question Go for uh, it. is it that there's no magnetic field because there's a bunch of magnetic fields that are canceling out and then when they do align they all add together and create something that affects things yes okay so it's like mm-hmm. atoms or 
particles. particles or electrons or some sort of like subatomic atomic particle have what are known as magnetic moments. Beautiful. Like how a <laughs> molecule can be a dipole and have a charged end. They can mm. also have a magnetic moment, which is like a magnetic field in some direction. And so when they're all misaligned, then there's no strong field in mm-hmm. any direction. Okay. But if they're uh. all aligned in one, then it like accumulates in a giant yeah. magnetic field. So like with an electromagnet, is it something that you turn the power That's off? That's a totally separate thing. Oh, it is? So electromagnets... Well, it's not a totally separate thing. <laughs> but like, still magnets. But like the power's off and they're all not aligned and then the power's on and they go zoop. So with an are. electromagnet, it is a coil of wire around a, like a piece of iron or something like that. Uh-huh. And in that the electric current is generating the magnetic field. So it's actually the electrons passing through the wire. When you push electrons through a wire, they create a magnetic field around uh, around them. Okay. But magnetism and electricity are different. Mm, Well, technically, they're the same thing if you go deep enough. So, like, there's Faraday's law, I think, which is how it relates it. Like, Mm -hmm. your E field is your electric field, and your B field is your magnetic field, and there's a relationship between those things. It's like how energy and mass are the same thing. But there's not too much like that. stuff too out much. there. We got to give up we gotta on science. We got to rewrite all the rules. That's <laughs> why there's like new editions of board games and stuff. You get rid of the rules that are just too complicated. Mm-hmm. You can't keep track of all those rules. Yeah. yeah. That's right. We have to do that with magnets. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're just <laughs> magnets. Ready. You're done. We <laughs> you're don't deprecated. need you. <laughs> no longer supported. Sarah, <laughs> <laughs> so is there an etymology to magnets? There is. And it's kind of cool. So it comes from the old French magnet. <laughs> Maybe, uh-huh. which is magnetite, which is from Latin magnetum, which is from Greek, ho magnus lithos, the oh. magnesian stone. There's a region in Greece called Thessaly, and then there's a subregion of that called Magnesia, where they found lodestones. Okay. And so they were like, okay. this rock from this place is so cool. And so it's named after a place. Oh my gosh. All magnets. That's amazing. That's my favorite part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for. One of our panelists has picked three science facts for our education and enjoyment, but two of those are fake. So you didn't really pick them. You just created them out of your head. (laughs) The other panelists have to figure out either by deduction or wild guess, which is the true fact. And if we get it right, we get the Sam Buck. If not, Sam gets the Sam Buck because Sam is doing truth or fail. Magnets, frankly, seem pretty miraculous. Am I right? (laughs) Mm. So it's not really a big surprise that many people throughout history have believed them to have healing or spiritual powers. Mm. This belief has led to a variety of inventions claiming to cure people of any ailment you can think of, physical, mental, anything in between, using magnet magic. Mm. So these are all real, quote, inventions, but only one of them actually used magnets. So which was it? Number one. A large console filled with knobs and dials, sort of like an electric organ, which sold for home use in the 1960s and cost $3,500 that claimed to use magnetic fields to analyze and diagnose blood samples, and then you could tune it to shoot out a magnetic field that would cure you. Ooh, Theranos. (laughs) Two. Yeah. (laughs) A helmet invented in the early 2000s that generates an electromagnetic field that, when worn, would disrupt communication between the left and right side of your brain allowing the creative 
right side to take control, which allowed users to perceive an otherworldly presence that was said to be God. Or three, a magnet line water jug sold in the early 1900s that claimed to refresh water by pulling toxin and other undesirable elements from it. The makers claimed that it would cure flatulence, senility, arthritis, and more. Okay, so we've got three things here. Things that inventions, quote, inventions... Well, I guess they were inventions. They just didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) At at least ideas. Something from the 1960s that used magnetic fields to analyze your blood sample and then send you a magnetic field to cure you. Two, a helmet that separated your brain hemispheres. Uh This was in the early 2000s that let you see God. Uh (laughs) Or in the early 1900s, a magnet-lined water jug that uh, pulled out toxins and cured your flatulence. Magnets have kind of always been around, so like, like, would like, was there a big peak in magnet crazes? Mm. But I think now I wouldn't be surprised if there was a magnet-lined water bottle, because yeah. we're always sort of like doing, like, waving our hands over water and being like, things happened. Water, especially right yeah. now, yeah. for some reason, like, mm-hmm. let's find a way to make this more expensive and exclusive. Right. We were fooled by Tom Brady's water, fake water. <laughs> That, it was it was pants. Uh, it was pants instead. <laughs> there are quartz water bottles with crystals inside of them. That's oh, cool. I love oh, a crystal. I that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna say the brain helmet because I like the brain. I'm just helmet. gonna take really? a stab about it, just because it's like your brain has electricity. So mm-hmm. I can assume that putting magnets near it, it's like it's not bad. It's good, right? And, and <laughs> like, and like, I was alive then, but I'd still forget about it because what a boring thing to have happen Mm -hmm. and also the early 2000s were a busy time for me (laughs) (laughs) now i think both of you might know something no 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 i'd be i would i would no well i guess i wouldn't say but i but no (laughs) i would have been more cryptic i think i would have made you guess first i make other people that's often what i do when i know is i make the other people (laughs) guess first (laughs) but then i'm usually wrong so nothing matters indeed well i'm i'm gonna go with the blood magnet blood magnet for stefan sari Brain magnet. Brain magnet. I'm going to go with brain magnet, too. It was brain magnet. Oh. Yeah! You I'm bastards. Sorry, <laughs> I quit. I'm not doing the show anymore. You got a point? Yeah, that's true. Okay. Maybe Stefan won't get any points this episode. And then then I'll be happy. Wow. <laughs> wow. So uh, I'll start with the real one. The God Machine is what it was called. Oh. And it seems to have started as a pretty, like, normal experiment to study a link between forms of epilepsy and religious visions, Mm. quote, religious visions. So like near death experiences, things like that, that would make you see like the tunnel to heaven or something. Mm -hmm. So people with temporal lobe epilepsy seem to frequently report that the feeling of not being alone while having a seizure. So this device was supposed to replicate like a Mm. safer version of that. But in tests, the researchers reported that 80% of subjects felt an unexplained presence nearby, but there are a lot of other things, a lot of other experiments that couldn't replicate this at all. Mm-hmm. And there was a placebo experiment that did replicate it. So, you know, but now they sell, some of the people who did these experiments yeah. sell consumer versions for meditation and for uh, uh-huh. helping you see God, but they're also supposed to be able to change your emotional state, like oh, with the wow. push of a button. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I can change my emotional state with the push of a button already. It's called Twitter. 
Oh, oh that's <laughs> yeah, that's I, many things flashed through my mind. <laughs> <laughs> None of them was Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And I can imagine people around me if I just turn off all the lights in my house and like something creaks that I'm like, yeah. that's it, it's a murderer. That's, <laughs> that's, exactly. that's you changing your emotional state. Or yeah. God. <laughs> or God. Yeah. I just, I guess I always assume it's a murderer. <laughs> the large console with knobs was a consumer thing called the electrometabograph, which was like a home appliance that you would have in your house and you would put your blood in it and it would give you a diagnosis by like blinking different lights on the front that was like kidney bad or something like that. And then you, it was a radio. So you would tune it to a frequency that would shoot healing waves into you. But the FDA caught wind of it, opened it up, and there wasn't anything in it except for a blinking light. There wasn't even a radio. <laughs> Not even a radio inside. But they sold a ton of them, I think. Oh, I don't man. think they ever even really found out who was doing it. And then the water jug was a jug lined with uranium called the revigorator. It would irradiate your water and bring back the, quote, lost element of original freshness, oh. radioactivity. Oh, <laughs> was called the Revigorator. Uh huh. I like that. Yes, <laughs> that's very good. I really like. I would totally buy a Revigorator. Yeah. I just if it didn't have any uranium. Well, get, you're in, in it. luck because you can still buy one that has uranium that still works. So. Oh still trademarked because you could just oh, make the know. Revigorator could, water bottle. Yeah. Put whatever you want. Ooh, Crystals. Go to SciShow. Uh, <laughs> Dot com, <laughs> where we're now selling the revigorator. A blinking light, like that could be what's in there. Oh, it could be a water bottle with a blinking light. Yeah. yeah. And it could Tell just be like, when yeah, it blinked on, photons. it would be done. It would just say yeah. done. Bing! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they did some studies with these jugs that still have working uranium. Oh, yeah, and I see one. they leach a ton of arsenic and lead into the oh, water because so I guess the they were just problem. not very well made. Uh-huh. And they also uh, release enough radiation to be like almost double the EPA suggested level of exposure. Oh, so it's like, it's not like a water bottle. It's not personal. It's like... No, you oh, have yeah, it in your house ceramic. for your whole family to oh. drink out. <laughs> <laughs> Reinvigorate your whole family. That's yeah. right. No, it's called the Revigator, boy. Oh, the Revigator? <laughs> Not a real word either way. No. Well, now we're definitely in the clear for revigorator. (laughs) Well, Sam, thank you for the wonderful facts. Oh, thanks for guessing right. I haven't made a kind of a bullshit one so that I could get some easy points. Didn't even work. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, we're going to take a short break. Then the fact off. SciShow Tangents is brought to you by Rocket Money. If I asked you how many subscription services you had, you think you could name them all? And before you just start naming streaming apps, remember that basically everything has a subscription these days. Video games, dating apps, food delivery apps. It's a subscription service world. We're just living in it. And with all of these subscriptions, it can feel like money is just flying out of your account. And that, frankly, sucks. But Rocket Money can help. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money can help you negotiate to lower some bills for you by up to 20%. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in total canceled subscriptions. Escape from the planet of the subscription services and stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash tangents. That's rocketmoney.com slash tangents. Rocketmoney.com slash T-A-N-G-E-N-T-S. 
SciShow Tangents is brought to you by Manukora Honey. Merriam-Webster defines honey as a sweet, viscid material elaborated out of nectar of flowers in the honey sack of various bees. And that's all good and fine, but old Miriam and Webster (laughs) used some words that I don't know and didn't really hit the mark when it comes to talking about Manukora honey. First off, Manukora isn't just sweet and viscid. It's got a rich, complex taste and a creamy, melt-in-your-mouth texture that you won't find in your average, everyday grocery store honey. And nectar of flowers doesn't cut it when you're talking about the nectar of the Manuka tea tree in New Zealand. The only nectar these bees feed on in the production of Manukora honey. In conclusion, Manukora ain't just your average boring dictionary defined honey. It's special honey. I know this firsthand. Uh, they sent us a jar, a squeeze bottle, and some honey sticks. And we've been sharing them around the office of their MGO 850 Plus, their best selling honey. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not <laughs> what you're thinking of when you think of honey. Look, have you ever think to yourself, if like, a company made grapes for the first time, we'd go nuts. It's, I feel like honey is this way, where I'm like, if anybody like made this up, we'd be going out of our minds. But this is like if honey happened again. Did you like the honey, Sari? So I moved into a new place where there's no insulation in the walls. And so uh, I've been drinking a lot of tea. And mm-hmm. sometimes that tea needs a little bit of honey. And I initially poured in this honey thinking it was going to be grocery store honey. And then I was like, that's different. And now it's a little uh, breakfast treat. It's a great breakfast treat because it's 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 a little like it's for toast. I could put like this on my butter toast and I'm like, oh, I'm having an experience. So Merriam-Webster also defines ultimate as the best or most extreme of its kind. Now that one fits Manukora to a T. Indulge in the best or most extreme sweet viscid material elaborated out of nectar of flowers in the honey sack of various bees from Manukora. If you head to manukora.com slash tangents, you can get $25 off their starter kit, which comes with the MG850 Plus Manuka Honey, a free travel pack of honey sticks, a free wooden spoon, and also a free guidebook. That's M-A-N-U-K-O-R-A dot com slash tangents to get $25 off your starter kit. Welcome back, everybody. Sam Buck Total. Sarah's got one. Sam's got one. Stefan's got none. Mm. I've got two because of my good, good poem that mm. I am so yeah. proud of. You got to mail it to the <laughs> ICP, though. Uh, what I will say is that song ultimately, like, there's a little bit of, like, antagonism towards science, but mostly it's a song about, like, appreciating how beautiful and weird the world is. Mm. I like that they, like, call out dirt as a miracle. It's mm. like, yeah, I think that we don't recognize that dirt is really wonderful and complex and it does show like a certain like reflection and mm-hmm. way of of thinking about things yeah that i appreciate i appreciate yeah. it <laughs> anyway now it's time for the fact off two panelists have brought science facts to blow the other panelists minds and we each have a sandbuck to award the one that we like the most and we're going to choose whether stefan or sari goes first with this trivia question the temperature at which magnets lose their permanent magnetic oh. properties is called the curie temperature That's which the only thing i knew curie is it named for oh, oh. i can give you multiple choice if you don't know murray that's the only curie that curie I know. I know. Okay, well then it's not that. So the ones you have left are Eve, Irene, or Pierre. Three, 
two, one. Pierre. Pierre. Oh, crap. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> They're both right. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Can you guess what the temperature is? Yeah. Oh, it's different for every, for no. every oh. uh, thing. But <laughs> Great. So what's the curie temperature of gadolinium <laughs> in Kelvin? <Three. laughs> oh, in Kelvin? It's <laughs> <laughs> not going to increase or decrease the odds of getting it right. 352. <laughs> that is a temperature that ex- exists. Yes. Good job. 565. 293. Ooh, is a is a is a weak one. Nichols, for example, is 627. Okay. Uh, well, how much oh, Kelvin that? is that? Is that like hot as the sun or what? So, uh, no. 293 is like cold. Zero Kelvin is absolute zero. So gadolinium's Curie point is 67 degrees Fahrenheit. So, <laughs> so you I were get... closer, Stefan. Uh, well, Terry, you're up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. The Earth has a magnetic field generated by the sloshing core yep. or the molten stuff around the core and, it, and that magnetic field changes mm-hmm. and the earth's north magnetic pole where magnetic compasses point north is not the same place as the geographic north pole mm-hmm. and in fact the north magnetic pole was first formally described in 1831 but it's been on the move and has traveled over 2250 kilometers or 1400 miles since then in the past couple decades it's been traveling at a rate of around 55 kilometers or Ooh. 34 miles per year and now at around 40 kilometers or 24 miles per year and it's drifting from over Canada towards Siberia and Russia And that's, like, not insignificant at all. That's a lot. And so the the U.S. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, works with a lot of data and groups to maintain a tool called the World Magnetic Model, or WMM, that gets updated every five years. And so 2020 is out now. You can go look at it. (laughs) Um, To help everything that uses the magnetic field from compasses to maps to GPS services and other electronic navigation tools. And critically... Airplanes and airports fall under this umbrella and use the WMM because planes have to know where they're flying and they use the magnetic field to help them navigate. And so without going into too much detail, runways have numerical names from 1 to 36 to indicate the cardinal direction rounded to the nearest 10 degrees. So 180 degrees becomes 18, 360 degrees becomes 36, 18 is the north magnetic pole, and 36 is the south magnetic pole, and everything's, like, relative Mm -hmm. to that. So in 2009, the Fairbanks International Airport in Alaska had to rename their runway 1L19R to 1L, or 2L20R, I think, or 1L20R. Ooh, had to rename their runway (laughs) because magnetic north shifted, and they'll have to do so again in 2033, Uh. as predicted by these models. So that means replacing all the signs repainting oh. pilots have to relearn can't they the just codes. do those ones where you can switch out the numbers and letters i mean then you don't have to the ground it. too and that's because when the magnetic field gets messed up over time or even like there have been instances with where it gets messed up locally over airports it can really mess with oh. navigation and takeoff and landing of planes so they can like get near misses to each other or they can just be like headed in the wrong direction uh-huh. which is an uncertainty you don't want to introduce for no. an already very mathematically complicated system so as the magnetic field changes we have to change all our airports do they monitor the magnetic field or whatever around like every airport just in case something goes wild or yeah. so the world magnetic model models it everywhere in the world okay. using data and so you can point you can okay. put in whatever coordinates you want and know what the magnetic field is doing at that uh, point on Earth, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. Stefan, can you beat drifting runway magnetic fields causing havoc to air travelers? Let's find out. 
So fluids don't normally react to magnetic fields, but ferrofluids, when exposed to magnetic Ooh, yeah. fields, form spiky hedgehog formations. Mm-hmm. Have you all seen these? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the way that ferrofluids work is that you have like a base fluid, which uh, could be water, could be other things, uh, and you mix in mag- small magnetic particles. And then to keep those particles suspended in the liquid, you have to coat them with a surfactant. Okay. And so like one side of the surfactant is attracted to the particle, so it coats them all. And then the other side is attracted to the water or whatever the uh, solvent is. And that keeps them suspended and prevents them from clumping together. So then you get this liquid that has weird magnetic properties. Cool, yeah. And apparently, most commonly, these days, they use ferrofluids for speakers. Oh, I thought um, they just used them to look at. No, they're oh. used in manufacturing for different oh. things, but mm. speakers is the most common thing. So huh. it, like, cools the, the voice coil and also dampens some of the vibration oh. in those, which I thought was a cool thing that I didn't know. But one potential application for these fluids is as a thruster for satellites. Smaller satellites are becoming more common, and that's small satellites is anything under 1,100 pounds, apparently, uh, which still seems pretty big, but I guess some satellites right. are pretty heavy. And a lot of the technology for satellites has shrunk, like the cameras and GPS mm-hmm. systems and all that stuff. So they've been able to be much smaller, but it's harder to make small propulsion systems so that they can relocate themselves in, in low Earth orbit or adjust like where which direction they're looking. One of the promising kinds of propulsion that I think has been used is electrospray propulsion. And for that, they have you have like maybe a hundred or so of these tiny needles, and then you have like an ionic f- fuel, and you apply electricity to it, and then it shoots this fuel out in a little stream of particles, and that pushes the satellite. But those systems are kind of expensive to make, and they're apparently pretty fragile, so they break easily. So this team at Michigan Technological University has been working on an ion thruster using ferrofluids. And so it's an ionic ferrofluid, and when they apply the magnetic field, they get all the little spiky spikes, and then when they apply an electric field on top of that, each needle can start spraying little jets of ions, which are the particles that make up the ferrofluid. So the ferrofluid, when these fields are applied, self-assembles into the thruster and then is also the fuel for the thruster, which is why this becomes its own thruster. Yeah. And if you like smash it with a hammer, like it just reforms... I guess yeah. based on the like magnetic field yeah. lines or whatever. It's just T one thousand over here. T one thousand. All those thrusters. aliens with hammers out there smashing yeah. up our satellites. <laughs> We're gonna get them. <laughs> we got one over on them finally. <laughs> <laughs> can we make other things that reform like that so that you can hit mm. more things with hammers yeah. and have them reform? Yeah, I <laughs> like guess my it, bones. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I guess it comes down to like how carefully you can control the shape of a magnetic field. Yeah. But you can't do anything with a magnetic field. <laughs> what if I drank a ferrofluid? Ferrofluid enemas, and then you use a magnet to just shh, it just all out. You yourself out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, like, like the little fish oh. tank magnet. <laughs> <laughs> magnet. So like over your belly, yeah, back yeah. and forth. Mm-hmm. Oh, this oh, is great. Oh, God, I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Sam and I have to decide which of these facts we want to give our point to. Three, two, one. Stefan. Oh, I expected that. Brutal. I'm Brutal. cleaning house. I shouldn't have even given you a damn. Yeah, point. I thought I thought for sure Sam was gonna <laughs> no. go for Sari no, because I, I'm strictly bound by my honor code. I'm devoted to truth and justice. Thank you, thank you for <laughs> being devoted to truth and justice. I love that. <laughs> now it's time for Ask the Science Couch. We've got some listener questions for our couch of finely honed scientific minds. This question comes from at Lux in the Light. Is it actually possible for something to make magnets stop working, like in strange? 
Stranger Things. Mm. This is I just got spoiled on Stranger Things uh-uh. like just this very moment. So I guess I guess at some point for some reason all magnets stop working. I don't so like from the article I read. Oh, have you actually seen season I've 3? I've seen it. Uh, it basically boils down to at some point for some reason this happens and I don't remember the answer or anything but they're just at their house and then all the magnets fall off their fridge oh okay so it's very localized like magnets just fall off a fridge Mm. yeah well I mean what could happen is if you have a big magnetic field that comes through you could the magnets wouldn't necessarily be permanently demagnetized Mm -hmm. but you could definitely push them off the fridge Mm. like counteract the effect and that would be a creepy thing to have happen yeah I mean that's like kind of it (laughs) (laughs) so heat like in the trivia question is one way to mess with the magnetic field because Mm -hmm. if you apply heat to a magnet then the alignment of particles Mm. gets misaligned because heat is just like movement energy Mm -hmm. the way that they explain it in the show according to a wired article from someone who actually watched it winona Ryder was like oh no my fridge magnets fell on the floor and she found the science teacher and he was like i can t- tell you about this the science teacher who's a beloved character from season one yeah oh, okay but she like read some books about physics and then talked to him and he was like look at this thing called a solenoid which is a cylindrical coil of wire that mm. can generate a magnetic field so basically like an electromagnet without Mm. the thing inside. Mm. And so it can also create a a static magnetic field. Then, like, the science in the show gets a little wibbly, I think, where he was like, if someone created a giant version of this, then anything could happen. Or like, this is Yeah, yeah, we've surrounded the entire community with a solenoid and just, like, pumped (laughs) a lot of electrons through. Oh, I think that is actually what it was. It was the mall or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, the thing that you can do is disrupt the magnetic field somehow. So I don't think, like, applying a constant magnetic field to the magnets on the fridge would necessarily mess them up completely. It'd have to be, like, an alternating current. Mm. If If you put in an alternating current then that also creates, like, a changing intensity magnetic field. Mm-hmm. And that could, like, mess with the alignment of the particles enough to demagnetize oh. something. Oh. Is that something that can happen? Yes. If you did it on purpose? Not, like, if by you did it on purpose, right. yeah. If the magnetic object has what are known as deformable domains, so, like, iron or steel or other things, like, if you magnetize a nail, you can demagnetize uh. it. Things like neodymium are much stronger magnets. And mm-hmm. so I think though that alignment is more locked into place. Mm-hmm. And so for that, you need a more extreme thing than like an alternating magnetic right. field to scramble mm-hmm. it. You need like a really, really high temperature or something that will actually disrupt its pretty stable structure. The more like temporarily magnetic something is, the easier it is to disrupt the magnetic field. So like if you magnetize a nail, you can like hit it with a hammer and disrupt it because that is enough force to mess with the alignment. Oh, just so many things with hammers today. <laughs> so wait, now the other day a fridge magnet fell on my phone and I got scared. Is that something I should still be scared about? <laughs> no, I don't about? have to worry about that okay. so much. A really powerful magnet on a hard drive, definitely be worried about. Okay. Mm. Feels like something I, that kids yeah. in the early 2000s and the 90s and stuff magnets should be nowhere near your personal computer. That, yep. Mm. Okay. Also solid state is a Totally different technology we right. use mostly now, but I still wouldn't want a big strong magnet around my yeah my electric equipment. Okay. That's it. That's I don't it. think. It's, don't worry about it. Don't okay. worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about magnets. It's Let be them be. Okay. If you want to ask the science couch, follow us on Twitter at SciShowTangents, where we will tweet out. 
topics for upcoming episodes every week. Thank you to at she said Zed at Alice Myers and everybody else who tweeted us your questions this week. Sam Buck, final scores. Sari and Sam tied with one. Hank and Stefan tied with two. Ooh, boo. Ooh, boo. Boo, boo. If you like the show and you want to help us out, it's really easy to do that. First, you can leave us a review wherever you listen. That helps us know what you like about the show and we look to iTunes reviews for topic ideas for future episodes so you can leave those there. Second, you can tweet out your favorite moment from the episode and finally, if you want to show your love for SciShow Tangents, just tell people about us. SciShow Tangents is a co-production of Complexly and the wonderful team at WNYC Studios. It's created by all of us and produced by Caitlin Hoffmeister and Sam Schultz, who also edits a lot of these episodes along with Hiroko Matsushima. Our editorial assistant is Deboki Chakravarti. Our sound design is by Joseph Tuna Medish. Our social media organizer is Victoria Bongiorno, and we couldn't make any of this without our patrons on Patreon. Thank you, and remember, the mind is not a vessel to be filled, but a fire to be lighted. But one more thing. Fecal incontinence happens where patients can't control some part of their anus and flow of poop anymore. Yeah, that's that's, that's one of the main things I want to avoid in my life. Mm -hmm. Well, so one solution if this happens to you is a magnetic anal sphincter with magnetic titanium beads on a titanium string. It's implanted in myself? Yes, that keep the opening closed unless you push poop through it. The procedure, according to this, only takes about 45 minutes in one overnight hospital stay. So very minimally invasive surgery. That's awesome. Yeah, apparently it's just as good as... um, Pooping. Pooping? <laughs> yeah, and there's something else, some other like sphincter replacement. Mm. Can I get a uh, Can yeah. I get a different animal sphincter? Oh, I want a pig butt, cow butt. No, I want little poops. <laughs> yeah, I want little <laughs> rabbit, rabbit droppings. Yeah. <laughs> is that how it works? Is that how I can get little poops? <laughs> I need a really tiny butthole. You should get oh, a wombat boy. butthole then. Yeah. Ooh, so the square poops. Poop. Oh, yeah. square poops. Okay. No, or... I want to. I want to be like. Uh, I want it to be like that attachment on the Play-Doh a Play-Doh pump machine, exactly. where it's like you get like a. <laughs> A bunch of little spaghetti strings. And you're like, today I feel like uh, stars. <laughs> I want rigatoni today. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs>